Oh yeah. It does. Yeah. I'm waiting for the chorus to come back in. Feels like the first time. Oh yeah. It feels like the first time. Well, that was that was awesome. Yeah, it feels like the first time, huh? It truly does. <laughs> I feel like I'm starting back on day one when we, when I was like, what up, player, player? <laughs> and then we didn't yeah. know what else to say after that. I just like <laughs> threw that, that nonsense sentence out there. <laughs> I feel like we still don't know what to say after it, but we just kind of go with it now. <laughs> yeah, just, ever, just, just keep talking a little bit more. That's all. Yeah. This is our first one in a while. Yeah. I know, I know right? Um, the last episode I did was at Burning Man back in August. It's May fifteenth now, and yeah. But the last one we did together was like was last. We, we just found that out. It was last March. No, January, I think. Oh, last January. Oh shit. Yeah, that's crazy. January of twenty fifteen. So, it's it feels like the first time, man. It really does. It really does. But it feels good. Um, yeah. So- welcome back out there to Walking the Earth podcast. Yes, welcome one and all. <laughs> um, I'm Justin Castle coming in from New York City, New York. Yeah, and I am I am still Mike Margulies, I think. Um, <laughs> and I'm here. Uh, I am here in Baltimore, Maryland, where I've yeah. been living for the past like, yeah, year and a half, basically. Yeah, and I'm tech, technically I'm in Astoria, New York. I'm s- still in the same place. I'm uh, been here for two and a half years. Uh, this November it'll be three years since I've moved to New York City, which is crazy to think about uh, because we started this thing, uh, what was it, 2013? Was that right? Uh, yeah, it was um, September 2013. Yeah, right after I quit and and went to India. Yeah, that's wild. Um, and now you're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back and... Um, Back and busy as ever. It's got, I guess, the reason for the hiatus is because, um, you know, I've been, I both of us have been busy. Yeah. Uh, busy with all kinds of life things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I suppose this is like the recap episode. Like, hey, what the hell have we been up to? Yeah, exactly. Months. Um, yeah. So, so basically, Mike and I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just the world or, you know, we, we're in the same biological clocks or whatever. We have, <laughs> we kind of, we got a, got on the phone. When was it earlier this week? And we're like, you know, I've been thinking about the podcast and, um, yeah. And then why don't we do more episodes? I don't, we coincidentally, we've, uh, we've been asked and requested to do more episodes after a hiatus of just getting into work and, you know, Mike getting into to, uh, different activities that, you know, like symposia, which we'll talk about and, um, Mm. being very active and the psychedelic community. I've been inundated with work. I've got a girlfriend. There's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about, but basically this is just going to be catching up to, to get where we are today. Um, yeah, but we, again, we called each other out of the blue and we're like, 
it's time. Time to do it. Yeah, I've just been, I feel like I've been getting different pokes from different places, um, different signs. Like, hey, it's time to do another episode again, you know? And I think I don't think I ever really wanted to, like, end the podcast. It just, you know, other things took some priority for a while, gave it a little bit of rest and breathing yeah. room. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and we can keep running with it. Actually, some cool ideas for it when I take it going forward, too. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a... Um, I've got a friend out in Germany right now, and um, hopefully she's out there doing a little bit of rogue, uh, hopefully some interviews while she's out there. So um, we'll be getting content possibly from even some different hosts soon. Yeah. So experimenting a little bit with where we want to take the show. Um, but yeah, in the meanwhile, I'll, yeah, I guess it was we thought it was a good idea to sort of um, yeah. do a little catch up. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. And we were, we're going to you know, approach this thing similarly to how it was before, do, you know, interview guests, talk about different topics, but, you know, kind of open it up a bit, right? It's, we want it to be about life, you know? Yeah, about- I think so. I mean, I, I absolutely um, down with travel stories. I think travel is always going to be like a passion, but I think walking the earth lends itself to, um, to pretty broad um yeah. topics you know um exactly including some of the work i've been doing recently you know in the psychedelic scene um right. you know there's a lot of uh, interesting stories there too yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely and if you know if we get an interesting guest whether they've traveled the world or not you know we want to invite them on and have them share their story of what they're doing um yeah it doesn't necessarily yeah, if, you have a, if you have a pitch for us uh, write to us um Mike at WTEpodcast.com or Justin at WTEpodcast.com. And we're very open to, to pitches. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but, I mean, let's, uh, should we get into what we've been like doing? Yeah, let's, let's do a recap since, since the last episode. Um, our last episode, you went to Burning Man. That was last yeah. year. Yeah, um, man. Um, so- which was awesome. And, uh, and anyone who's curious about Burning Man, um, we, uh, I don't remember all the, everything we went into. It was while I was actually at Burning Man, though. I found the fellow, uh, you know, Burning Man, a fellow burner who's also a traveler, and we talked about all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, the first, very first episode, uh, we touched on Burning Man also because um, I stopped by and visited Burning Man. Um, basically, it was my yeah. last thing I did in the U.S. after I quit my job before right. I kind of like went traveling around for a year and change. Yeah. Um, so Burning Man's always had a special place. Um, and since then, uh, since Burning Man this past year, which is my sophomore run at it, um, I've been very busy. Um, well, I, you know, I'll back it up a little bit, actually, even further. Um, for, you know, folks who have been listening to the show from the beginning know some of my story um, was... Uh, well, actually, some of the story I didn't even talk about in episode one. Yeah. Uh, you know, a very transformative experience that I had, which led me to quitting my job and going backpacking uh, was um, I experienced with ayahuasca in Peru, yeah. which is a psychedelic medicine. Um, and back uh, when we recorded episode one, I wasn't comfortable enough with at that point in time to you know come out of the psychedelic closet. And so I kind of uh, talked around that yeah. really kind of pivotal aspect of the story. I kind of talked around it in episode one. You can you can re- <laughs> you can really hear it because there's parts of the story where you just kind of pot like you. If you listen to Mike's voice, you can hear him getting hesitant if you really pay attention yeah. to it. <laughs> if you and know me he, well enough, you, you, you can, can tell. tell like, there's, there's, yeah, there's a very important detail missing. 
um, that where there's a point where he, you know, we start getting into the story of him going to Peru and, you know, coming back to the U.S. And there's a huge gap. It's just like I went to Peru and came back to the U.S. And then I was like, I want and to I was inspired job. mystery by mystery source. Yeah. So that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Um, what's cool, though, is that th- through this show, um, I actually did eventually, you know, come out about it. Um, it was a few episodes later, but in the during the course of, uh, well, combination of actually doing the traveling, being out in the world, and removed from the influences that kept me um, more closed off about these things, and mm-hmm. through t- doing this show, I eventually, uh, in a later episode, came out about it and talked more in depth. Uh, and there's a whole episode devoted to the, you know, the ayahuasca experience I had. The big thing being mm-hmm. like this jump without the rope message that came through. Um, yeah. But it was a yeah, it was a meaningful experience um, for me for sure that. Um, took me some time to even, even though it was so powerful and moving for me, it took me a long time to be open about it. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, after I came, yeah, sorry. I'd say, yeah, I'd say like you've, you've been open about it on the podcast from, you know, if you can follow the history of our, of where we've gone in the 70 something episodes, you can see where you start to post about ayahuasca and mm. you talk about it and that was on your trip, but even more so now it's when you've become more comfortable about, you know, what you want to say and how you want to say it about your experiences. And, um, I think it definitely helps to, you know, if you've listened, it helps to fill in again, the gaps and, Speak true to who, who you are, Mr. Mike. Like, yeah. Um, so. Well, yeah, and I think that that backstory in a lot of ways is the personal influence and motivation behind the work I'm doing now, um, which um, when, so for those who folks who don't know, I haven't really talked about it much actually on the show, um, even after I was, we were doing a few episodes since I was back in Baltimore, but it didn't really go into it, um, but as it was germinating through this time, I've started a series in Baltimore called Psychedelic Seminars. Mm-hmm. Um, also involved with, um, I, I'm also one of the main movers and shakers in another organization called Symposia, and you know we're doing all kinds of, uh, we're doing events all along the East Coast. Um, you know, a lot of them, some of them are lectures from noteworthy people doing research in this scene. Uh, some of them are mm-hmm. stories, just personal anecdotes of people who have um, had transformative experiences or even bad trips because that's yeah. important to highlight too you know our, our yeah. agenda with all the work that we're doing is not to spread reverse propaganda about what drugs or psychedelics are but just to facilitate uh, more honest conversations about right. them um, about right. all sides of it and I um, and I think that there's a lot of I've gone to a couple of these events and it's interesting hearing from the various different people that are out there you know you're your your neighbor's dad, you know, your you know your librarian, all these different people who have had different experiences with it, but aren't willing to, you know, share that with the world because of fear of being either persecuted or losing their job or, um, you know, any any number of different consequences from expressing it. That in this space feel willing to be open and express themselves and it's really interesting it's really interesting to hear you know the different walks people from different walks of life express their experiences with psychedelics and you know i'd say 
most, not most, but I'd say a large portion of the population has, has done so and just doesn't want to talk about it or have a, have an open discussion, which is what Mike's organization aims to do is just talk about what it is, people's experiences with them, with uh, psychedelics in general, and, you know, how we perceive it as a society. And I think, yeah. would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. You know, and, uh, you know, and, the, and for, you know, it was for so long for me, um, you know, I was using psychedelics while I was working in my corporate job, you know, but uh, I kept very closed off about it. I, you know, I couldn't come back to work on Monday and, you know, someone says to me, hey, Mike, how was your weekend? And, uh, I, would, and I could just say, oh, yeah, I had a life changing experience on LSD. You know, like it's not, not exactly. Um, easily received uh well maybe it would have been if i had the balls to talk about it who knows yeah uh, but um <laughs> i i certainly felt that though that i couldn't be honest about it and so yeah. they say you know be the change you want to see in the world and so for me it was um well you know it's it's a lot of irony to it you know a lot of ways a lot of beautiful irony i should say because mm-hmm. after um i quit this job and i started traveling and then i came back to baltimore and um uh, I actually wasn't when I came back to Baltimore I I did not plan to stay here. I yeah. I had a flight back to Asia. My whole life plan was to stay traveling mm-hmm. and it was the day before my flight when I decided to stay. I wanted to be closer to home. Um you know it was like hey I've been traveling around the world trying to find a home and like why not try home, you know? And, yeah. And um and then once that decision was made, it was like, well, what do I do now? And I wanted to do something I was passionate about. And um, I, I actually went to Miami and um, visited with uh, an old friend who um, has been a guest on this podcast, Mariana. Um, I recorded an episode actually while I was down there and because uh, she was like a little bit ahead of the curve. She had done backpacking, came back to the U.S., figured something out. And I wanted to get inspiration for what I wanted to do. And I, while I was in Miami, I found myself talking about this ayahuasca experience to some people. And the next day we were at like a cafe and, and I was saying to them, yeah, yeah, I don't know what I want to do though. Now I'm in the U.S. Like I don't know what I'm passionate about. And they mm-hmm. looked at me like, are you fucking serious? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, and so it was, um, is that what she, became, did uh, she say that? Huh? Yeah. Did she say that or you came to that realization? No, this or? wasn't, no, this was another friend I made while I was there. Um, like I had the night before, uh, I was talking, there were two friends there and I was talking, well, one of which I had met in Thailand actually. And a friend of hers that was hanging out with us. And I was telling the two of them about my ayahuasca experience and they were just very receptive ears to it. They right. were really interested. And so I was, yeah. you know, when I have that kind of an audience, I'm always happy to, to, to talk about it. Um, when I have a receptive audience and, um, and then it, it was just the next day and I was, it was like this, this obvious thing in front of my face and I couldn't see it. And then he, you know, he pointed out to me, like, it's really obvious something that you're passionate about. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, at that yeah. point, it, um, I mean, it makes it sense became, in retrospect, right? <laughs> it made, it, yeah. Well, in retrospect, it made total sense. And then, yeah. and then the other ironic part about the whole thing is, um, Baltimore, like, you know, our hometown yeah. is one of the best places in the world to be doing this work because Johns Hopkins University, which is right here in Baltimore, mm-hmm. is leading the way uh, as far as um, research into therapeutic uses for psychedelics. And not just therapeutic yeah. uses, they're also helping people have religious experiences with psychedelics, get over really, the fear yeah. of death. Like, there's, uh, they're doing really rad that. research, and it's right here. And yeah, it, this whole time in my backyard. Um, I had no idea... Uh, 
I had no idea when you told me these types of things. Like you, you went to different uh, lectures and talks with people who are actually conducting it. And I had no idea that in our own childhood backyard that they're doing this kind of cutting edge research. And it's it's interesting. Like when you're when we were growing up there, we never really, you know, like you went to Taco Bell, <laughs> you went to school <laughs> and then you went to college. And then, uh, you know, then we wound up working and never really like got to explore that kind of stuff. But here it is right yeah. in our backyard. John yeah, exactly. Hopkins. It's pretty amazing. And um, Wh- where did you, you actually know. where did you actually find that? Where did you hear that for the first time about Johns Hopkins? Um. I don't know, but well, okay. So I, I think around the time that um, you know, back in February when I made this trip to Miami and made this decision that I wanted to be involved in this space, yeah. um, I basically just I made it my mission to insert myself into this um, uh, the, into this into this space. And so I feverishly started following all the different groups that I knew about that were doing. So the, you know, the biggest one that I was aware of was MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Um, and whereas Hopkins is doing uh, their work with psilocybin, which is the active chemical in mushrooms, mm-hmm. MAPS works with MDMA, which is you know what's the active chemical and what's sold as ecstasy, uh, or what's supposed to be at least nowadays. Ecstasy can be like a lot of things that are not actually MDMA. Uh, um, but you know MAPS is the biggest one, so I started looking into what MAPS is doing and uh, following other publications that were out at the time. I just started following every. I just started searching and searching out and just. Uh, liking every page on Facebook related to it, searching on Google, I just sought out the information and right. and set myself up so that the information would filter to me, mm-hmm. and so I could figure out the lay of the land essentially. And so I think, you know, somewhere in there, it became I, I realized, oh wait, Hopkins is doing this work. What? And right. so I, um, you know, I you know I cold emailed um, some of the researchers there, and hey, they wrote back to me. Um, they weren't at at the time. I was just some schmuck like, oh, I'm starting a psychedelic meetup group, uh, and I want you to tell you know, who, who the hell am I? Um, hey, that's how it happens. That's they were totally cool and like responded to me, but they they weren't they didn't agree initially to like do a talk or whatever. But since then, I've grown great relationships with everyone on that in that group basically, and have yeah. worked with a lot of them on on uh, seminars and the like. So it's been cool. Yeah. Um, and not just the Hopkins stuff. I mean, Baltimore is a really interesting grounds in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it is, I mean, if you've seen The Wire, you know that Baltimore is the front line of the war on drugs and a great it example is. of how the war on it drugs really is. is not working. Um, and there are a lot of activists. Um, I mean, you know, look at what happened last year um, with the riots and with Freddie Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you wonder... Um, if there was no war on drugs, would this thing have happened? And maybe it would have, because you know. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Cla- I think there's also class. Things. Yeah, there's classism, yeah. racial struggles, and maybe if the weapon wasn't the war on drugs, there would have been some other blunt tool that would have been used. Who knows? Right. But it's intertwined for sure. And there's groups like uh, Leap, which is Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. We, these are former cops who speak out against the drug war. Many of mm-hmm. them are from Baltimore, um, so it's. Um, from several different fronts, Baltimore is a very interesting place to be doing this work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, d- I mean, absolutely. And the first thing that people talk to me about when I say I'm from Baltimore is they talk about the wire and they talk about drugs and and that mm-hmm. whole situation. So it's kind of it's kind of ironic that at the same time that you and Johns Hopkins are doing, you know, trying to do cutting edge uh, research and discussions to help change people's perceptions of this, you know, war on drugs and psychedelics and things like that. And, 
you know, you, and I want you to, to clarify for, for people out there, like what, I don't know if you want to get into it. It's, it's kind of heated or heavy, but, but you're not, you're not advocating for all drugs, all forms of drugs, right? You're only, I'm not, go ahead. I'm not advocating for any drugs. You're not advocating for any drugs. Okay. No, right. I'm advocating for honest conversations about drugs. Um, it's not about, I, I'm not going to say like, oh, everyone should go do psychedelics. Like, no, I don't think everyone should. There are certain people that probably shouldn't. It might not be helpful for you. It might be, it might be harmful depending right. on what sort of conditions you have. On the other hand, it's possible that psychedelics could help with some of those conditions. I'm not an expert on these things. I'm just the guy right. who knows the experts. Um, <laughs> so, but, um, you know, I'm a guy no, these a things guy. are these are powerful tools that can be very beneficial used in the proper with the proper set and setting, like your mindset and the intentions you bring into it. And if you have the proper supportive atmosphere, these right. can be extremely powerful tools. However, they also can be very dangerous because they're powerful. Right. Um, and so I would it's about proceeding with caution. Um, I, 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 I don't know if this is what you're getting at, though, but um, I, I will I, always I'm, I don't like playing the game of, though that some people play which is that the my drugs are better than your drugs game because some right. people like to play the argument of yeah but um, psychedelics aren't really that dangerous like they're not like it's not like heroin or something right and I get that argument and I it's well, I mean yes there is truth to that like you don't you're not going to overdose on LSD right. you're not going to be addicted to LSD or other psychedelics for that matter uh, like heroin you know does lend itself to more likelihood for abuse, um, for right. overdose and well, for addiction. Uh, but I don't like the game. I also, at the same time, although I acknowledge that I don't like playing the game of well, my drugs are better than your drugs. Cause yeah. I, even something, I think even a drug like heroin needs a more honest conversation because, yeah. uh, it does it's have a medical problem. use. I it's mean, they huge... use it in hospitals in the UK the same way that, it, that we use morphine here. I mean, it's not that different from morphine. Heroin right. is diacetyl this... morphine. It's a couple little atoms different. Um, the, the idea of there being something called a schedule one drug, which is defined in our country as something having no accepted medical use is kind of, um, it's kind of, it's, 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 it's not right. Because it's absurd. Yeah, there, it's, there's it's a, some it's fucking use absurd. for everything, right? Like, yeah, there. It's all about the the dose and the setting and the mindset. And so, with the right set setting and dosage, uh, different substances can be uh, beneficial, therapeutic, and they can or they can be destructive. And it has we we made a dialogue in the country. The war on drugs was based on a dialogue of identifying categories of drugs as if the substance itself is the thing like oh right. this drug is bad this and in the and there's a list of these drugs that are bad and then there's a list of drugs that are okay that you can get from your pharmacy and your doctor right. and those ones are okay but those when in reality, the wrong quantities are are just as bad as the other ones right it's not yeah exactly it's not about which drugs are good or bad like illegal drugs can be helpful and pharmaceutical drugs can be harmful and vice versa you know mm -hmm. and so it's not about labeling drugs as good or bad and which drugs are okay which drugs are bad it's well what are the ways that we uh what are the risks for the various drugs and what are the benefits of them and what are the ways that we can use them more responsibly um and that's what the conversation should be about so really in a strange way it's not about the drugs at all <laughs> yeah I, right i i hear you i hear you and i and i meant to ask i intended to ask a question so you could clarify for everyone and myself included what you know what what you are uh, you're going after and it's it's again it's a discussion it's not um i i guess i use the term wrong like you're not an advocate for drugs you are you want to have a dialogue about them and that's and that's what i wanted to clarify for 
you know, so I can properly talk about myself and so people listening understand what you're what you are talking about. Um, but, you know, it's it's yeah. it's really interesting. I I've never really told you this until now as I'm saying this, but no. you got a secret um, you're about to spill. <laughs> I, I do have a secret. And, and one thing honestly is towards the end of, of our first real run, I guess through, through the episode like 68 through 70, you know, I kind of got turned off from all of the, you know, psychedelic conversation and from, do I want to be connected with a podcast or, you know, a person who's talking about these things, you know, how's it going to look on me? How is, how is my job or anybody who listens or talks about Justin, uh, going to perceive me, um, on a podcast that only talks about, or that is increasingly talking about these things openly. And my reaction was to shy away. Um, Mm. and I never, I don't never have told you that, but honestly, in the time that you've done this work and moved forward with, you know, symposia and talking about psychedelics opening openly, you know, I myself have gotten more comfortable with, you know, my feelings towards certain substances and just having a conversation about them. But I realized at the same time that, you know, your feelings are not my feelings towards the same topic that I agree on a lot of a lot of uh, different um, different parts of it. However, you know, you are your own individual. I'm my own individual. I'm my own individual, and we bring in our different perspectives, and that's what makes talking about this so interesting. Um, and at the same time, like I think I've grown up from going to your different talks, and you know seeing you and hearing you talk about these things that I'm, I'm okay with talking about them. And I, I don't have, I am not the guy who's going around doing this kind of stuff all the time. That is not who I am, but you know, who, why should I not have a conversation about it openly and discuss it? Cause it's a topic that is very, it's very hot important right now and it's going to become increasingly important as things start to become legal like marijuana is going to be legalized in most in a large part of the united states very shortly the Mm. next the next conversation is exactly what you're talking about now so yeah you know i think i think i've done some growing up um myself and you know i I just I didn't want this to become a podcast that's only about psychedelics and that was my fear. And mm. you know maybe it maybe it is it's definitely become more so, but I think that the fact that we're talking about it it's an interesting topic, it's very relevant and why should I be fearful of that? Like embrace it. Let's talk about it. Uh if I disagree, I should, you know, express myself or if I'm uncomfortable, I should you know, embrace that, that discomfort and bring it to your attention, bring it to everyone's attention, because why not? Why not talk about it? Why not get it out there? Um, but I, I don't, again, I don't think I've ever told you that, but yeah. it, it's, this is, um, I felt it was appropriate. 
No, man. I mean, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. And that's arguably that encapsulates the entire point of the work uh, that I'm doing is to have these conversations. And like, actually, the stuff you're talking about is kind of like one of the big lessons that psychedelics teaches you is like you go into that thing that you're afraid of and look at it. And, you know, like that's that is the psychedelic experience in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um and so, um, yeah, no, I think that, I mean, that's the whole point. And we, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to encourage the dialogue. Um, and, and for example, uh, as a good example of this, one of our projects that we're starting to ramp up on right now is Symposia Magazine. And we have kind of a preview edition that's available uh, online now. If you go to Symposia, Symposia, by the way, is spelled with a P, silent P, like in psychedelic, you know, because we're cute like that. So it's, it's P-S-Y-M-P-O-S-I-A. <laughs> Uh, so at symposia.com slash magazine, you can see um, a conversation we started around what we were talking about earlier, coming out of the psychedelic closet, um, which is, you know, obviously part of my own story. And this podcast is how it was my coming out. Um, <laughs> but what we have in that piece is we have um, Nishay Devano. She got her Ph.D. Uh, essentially in psych- psychedelics and literature uh, at Penn. And she wrote a piece comparing coming out as being psychedelic to Uh, coming out as gay Um, and she went to depth making this comparison uh, about psychedelic being psychedelic as a civil rights issue Um, and then but but what we're what I'm really um, thrilled about the most is we then have reaction pieces we have I think seven or so reaction pieces that we're going to be trickling out over the next few weeks Mm -hmm. uh, with people from all across the board some agreeing and some disagreeing. Some people saying, hey, no, you shouldn't be appropriating that language. Um, you shouldn't be comparing this to, um, right. to civil rights issues because it's not the same. And, um, and that's kind of our point is not to be, you know, say pushing a certain view, but we want to be a forum for the conversations, to move the conversations forward in an right. open and honest way. Yeah. And I, I think that you guys have definitely done that. And you, you yourself particularly have done that with your psychedelic seminars and I've gone to a couple of them and I've also gone to this, uh, a couple of symposia events and after parties. And it's, it's definitely really interesting. Um, you know, hearing people discuss it and, and talk about the issues who are, you know, very well educated people who are either working with these substances from a, a professional standpoint or have, you know, some of them have, you know, experienced them. Um, you know, it, it's it's a variety of different exposures, but it's um, it's definitely, you know, I'd say making it more accessible and more commonplace, at least in my mind. I don't think I don't think until this podcast that we're <laughs> talking about, I've felt as comfortable talking about it. Um if cool. you if you noticed in the past like yeah of, co- of course I'd I'd add my two cents and say a witty reply but you know I definitely feel a lot more comfortable about it as a result of being exposed to these types of things and you yeah. know the fact is the fact is that I I'd go home was it was it this past winter or last year um you know you'd come over to my house with my parents and They'd be asking, "What you know? What's Mike up to?" And then I'd tell them, and then we'd have a discussion about with my mom and my dad sitting at our kitchen table. Um, what? How do they feel about this? What do? What you know? How do I feel about this? And you know, what's 
is there a place for it in the world? Is there not a place for it? Especially because my mom is in fact a pharmacist mm. and is very aware of how drugs affect people and you know dosing and worried about studies and and very aware of those types of things so i'd say in that regard it has definitely brought it into my world um more so than it's ever been in the past and i felt more more open about it um myself um and there's no reason i the, the thing is like I don't want the whole episode to be about this, but I do want to say that I, I do think it's, it is a double standard that everyone or almost everyone that I know has had some type of experience or wants to have some type of psychedelic experience and you're not willing to discuss it in a public forum for fear of losing job, for fear of, you know, being talked down to or having being perceived as a certain type of person, you know, just like just like you can go to the store, you can drink on a, on a weekend or, or whatnot, or you can go to the pharmacy and take ADD meds and all these types of things. It's just another discussion is, you know, what's the place for Adderall in the world? What's the mm. place for all these other types of meds in the world? And I myself, I am going through this this is this is affecting me right now i am actually i took medication from eight from i think it was third or fourth grade through 10th grade um for add and mm -hmm. i opted out because i didn't like the way it affected me socially um in 10th grade and in recent days um i don't think i've told you this mike but i've actually i'm tr i'm on a trial right now for a long acting long release ADD med and I'm approaching mm. it very very cautiously like I'm taking notes I'm seeing how I react to it if I like it if I like how I feel on it if it's helping me um, and that's just the kind of person I am I, I, I dip my toe and I I analyze the crap out of, of anything I do any purchase that I make I don't know if everybody else is the same way but um, if I'm buying a computer I research the shit out of every type of computer that could possibly fit those specifications and oh i do want a split core i do want extra um you know extra ram i do want you know all the the high def screen and then then i go in and i i purchase after researching the shit out of something and mm. i think that's how everyone should approach i don't know if you have to approach it that way but you should at least you know have that type of insight um and have those types of discussions about these types of substances. Yeah. And, 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 and medic, like you said, medically, there's no reason not to explore them medically. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think you raise a really good point though. So as much as I'm out and I'm banging drums as far as like, Hey, let's reinvestigate these things we've been told are bad and have no medical use. Well, maybe they do. We also need to do the opposite question, which is what you're getting at right now, which is the things that we have been told, Hey, these are the good drugs take this, take two, call me in the morning kind of thing. We need right. to investigate those on the opposite way and say, hey, are these the drugs we should be doing? So, and certainly there are um, times and places in humans where Adderall can be something uh, helpful to them, mm -hmm. but we really should ask ourselves the questions of, do we want, does, does this make sense that the rate at which we are prescribing Adderall to children, if we right. have a, a system where, uh, you know, what I don't know what the numbers are, but some, you know, not small percentage of kids are b 
being diagnosed with ADD or what have you and being prescribed a drug, is that mean there's a problem with all these children or is there something wrong with the system? Right. Uh, you know, these are the types mm. of questions we should be asking. Do we want to just be taking drugs? And yeah, and, and we tend to, um, you know, if we get prescribed something by a doctor or a pharmacist, we just take it. We, we kind of we, skirt off responsibility, I guess, right. our, our own individual responsibility because yeah. we have other people making those decisions for us. We have lawmakers and doctors and pharmacists <laughs> that can tell us what's okay and what's not and what to right. do. And what you're doing, I commend you for it because, like, you're taking personal responsibility about, well, how – because you're the person who can figure out what a drug does to you. Right. You know, aside from any studies that are there, there's, there's great, and I'm glad the science is all happening. But also, right. yeah – there's some there's a big individual responsibility aspect to this conversation. Absolutely. And um, and I do want to say that I do want to say particularly about ADD meds that you know there are positives and there are negatives and you know the fact that it's all tying into what's happened the past 6 months of my life and the past 2 3 months of my life. Like I'm back I'm back to where we were when we started this thing, I want to, it's time for another change in my life. And one of it, the aspect is work wise. Um, and I am at a point where I've done a lot of research about career and about who I am. And one of the things that I learned is that, you know, I have, I took an aptitude test with Johnson O'Connor which is a research firm that tests aptitudes. They've been testing aptitudes since the 1920s and have almost 100 years worth of data about if you, you know, certain tests, um, you do, you put a block together and try to see how fast you can do that. You try to memorize certain words and see how many you can memorize. And there's a bunch of different tasks you do. And they have a correlation between, you know, people doing those tasks and having certain aptitudes and being a better fit for a certain line of work or, you know, interacting with people a certain way, you know, these are just trends and they he approached it in an engineering and a more engineering method, a statistical method and a scientific method to, to try to find correlations between the two, the tests and the results. And one thing I found it is I have logophoria and grophoria is the ability to do paperwork, the ability to read and comprehend. And I am, I am on the lower percentiles of doing those types of tasks. And I scored very lowly. And the thing is, is that ADD or is that just me? And there are other tests that I scored very highly on. Um, structural visualization, being able to imagine 3D shapes and objects, which helps with engineering and, and being creative and, and a bunch of different aspects of you know, visualization and, I'm, and interacting with the world. Um, I'm good with directions. I'm good with all that kind of stuff. And it makes a lot of sense. But the question is, the real question is, does this show that I am just a person who has a hard time with paperwork and I need help with that? And, and ADD meds help me to focus in and get the paperwork done on a daily basis? And, or is it just me? Am I just a person who can't do paperwork and therefore I should do a job that is more suited to my abilities versus, right. you know? So I think that's a question, a societal question of... yeah. 
whether do we pursue, you know, aptitude testing our kids and seeing if they should be better suited towards a certain lifestyle as opposed to trying to give them ADD meds to help them do their homework right. or paperwork. Right. So like, yeah, the question of like, yeah, what we do as a standard as our society now is, yeah, we try to fit everyone into the same box and we have standardized tests and, right. and we have and classrooms you, and we have a certain regimented way of learning and we try to, and people who don't fit that specific model of learning, we try to force them into it. And the question, yeah, you're getting to a really important question. Like, should we be doing that or should we be doing the opposite? Should we be right. figuring out what individual student kids and humans in general are best at like there's um I, there's the word I love this word it's used um a, in I think in the autism spectrum community the the phrase neurodiversity uh -huh. um and it's like yeah maybe we should be you know celebrating neurodiversity not trying right. to to force everyone to be the same but let's look at the different positives that right. different people possess and allow each other to amplify our positives. Right. Um, I, I, you know, yeah, if you ask me, I think that's certainly a healthier way to approach it versus right. forcing ourselves all to be the same in some whatever right. capacity. And here's, here's the thing is, is he, it, it would break down our, some of our societal structures to reinvent the education system because everything would be tailored to certain groups and to certain types of personalities and abilities and it would be so costly that the government would be unable to well not necessarily though, pay for it. Right? i mean like well think about it it's it's that's the threat i suppose the threat the threat is to destroy the existing system but but maybe we just redefine what education is it doesn't necessarily have to be about teaching right. a certain same information but you uh, facilitate students uh giving them the tools to be able to learn about what they want to learn about and so it kind of redefines what a teacher is in a lot of ways. It's not, you know, you're not telling somebody mm -hmm. what is what, but you're, you are enabling somebody to learn. And in the age of Google uh, and information at our fingertips, I think that's increasingly where education uh, is mm. going and probably should go is just, we need to not teach people the facts of what, you know, or a version of the facts, but we should yeah. enable people to, to discover for themselves and to learn and to explore and to invent. Right. What they're interested in. Right. And I think I think that once society embraces that, we're going to start to excel at an astronomical pace. Like I think that we've hit hit a we've hit the ground running with education system, okay? We thought of the what's the best way to benefit the most people in the past 100 years and try to establish an education system which has advanced our society as far as it has or the or the US let's just talk about the US and then i think the next level is to understand each individual's contribution to society and to embrace that to mm. embrace those skill sets for what they are as right. opposed to trying to beat them down with either medication or other, yeah. you know, or, or having to do paperwork or certain things. I mean, there are certain skill sets you have to do in order to, you know, right. survive as and a societal member. But, but if you can embrace those skill sets, like my ability for being able to visualize 3d structures or to, you know, I've got great color differentiation. I should be, you know, I could, I could tell the, 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 
I'm really good at telling the difference between pink and chartreuse, <laughs> like, <laughs> like whatever, but, but embrace those skills. Yeah. And I think that we will excel. Um, yeah. Well, and, yeah. And to add on to all this, I think we're, we're hitting on in this conversation and the one earlier, and also this show in general is hitting on a really similar theme, which is the idea of the individual right and so we have the societies that are structured that oh everyone should go learn about schools in these ways and behave in these ways and take these certain types of jobs and you know i of course rebelled against that or we should take these substances (laughs) and not these substances and there's these idea there's this idea that's pervaded through society that like you know we can um figure out the way that people should be and uh, I will ever be the advocate that, no, there's not about defining for everybody what you should be, whether it's education or a job or what substances you want to take. But we should uh, enable each other to uh, do what we're drawn to and to do it in healthy and safe ways and, and really support each other in whatever ways that we want to find our, find our own way to contribute. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's a difficult very very complex topic but i as i've as maybe that's what the show's about now huh yeah it's it's (laughs) it is it's about changing society or being your being an individual maybe that's what it was always about i think that's like you know i I think that's what it's always been about mike it's been about being an individual going through life trying to find your you know your calling or your your self you know as you walk the earth Exactly. I think that's what it is. What it's the meaning of life, basically. I, right? I like that. Hey, I don't. You know what, man? I I feel like this is a really good note to like to start to wrap up on. I don't know. I mean, uh, this is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The meaning of life, and I guess. Oh, yeah. And next time we'll have to get more into. You know, I I know we've talked about a lot. What what you've done, and we have still more to talk about. Where where we've you know, progress over the past, you know, year. Um, I know I've got some, some more discussion to have, but, uh, maybe it'll come, it'll surface through the next episodes, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more. Sure. Well, if you've got something else, Hey, by all means, man, I mean, I'm not trying to cut anything off here. If you've got something uh, you really want to let out by all means, man. Not really. I mean, it's, it's basically, I want to, I want to tell the world my, my personal, you know, uh, milestones over the past couple of months and year, but honestly, we it's it's something we need to discuss more as things come along. You know, a lot of the the personal searching that I've done, you know, the struggles. I I just turned thirty, and and that was a a milestone itself. You know, um, mm. and I I think that that in itself is something I want to talk about. And the fact that when you turn 30 or have any of these, these milestones, your quarter life, your 21st birthday, all that stuff, you know, there's, it's, it's a time to reflect about, um, who you are as an individual, where you're going and you start to second guess, you know, you definitely have some mild, you know, anxiety and depression about reflecting where I am, where do I want to be? And then, at some point, you know, at least in my circumstance, I've, you know, come to terms with that. And I, I want to talk about all these different areas. There's so many, so many different things I want to talk about, about, you know, career searches and, and about work and jobs and, and all that kind of stuff. 
um, because it all pertains to walking the earth and existing on this planet. So I don't know. Do should we? I guess we should wrap it up for now, and we can get into it more in uh, next episode. Sure. Okay. That's yeah. That, that works for me. Um, yeah. We we can we should be doing more of these now. We can get back into the swing of it. You know. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, um, I'm going to leave a couple, if anyone has listened through the, uh, this far in the episode, you're probably interested for me to make the plugs I want to, uh, that are related to this. So, uh, those of you, uh, you know, again, symposia.com, P-S-Y-M-P-O-S-I-A, um, you can figure out what we're doing as far as, um, storytelling events that might be in your area, uh, or our magazine. And we've got a lot of videos as well. Uh, or if you're in Baltimore, check out psychedelic seminars. Um, you can get a psychsems.com P S Y C H S E M S, uh, com, And, um, and this will actually, this will probably be posted before the next event, which is Friday, May 20th. We're doing a screening of a film about the good Friday, um, experiment, which is where psychedelics were given to a bunch of uh, graduate students during a Good Friday service back in the 60s. Uh, oh, this wow. is with Tim Leary and all these characters. Um, <laughs> so having a screening of that and then a discussion with the director uh, as well as with Bill Richards, who's one of the uh, researchers at Hopkins who's been doing this work, doing this work since the 60s, psychedelic research. Um, so he's uh, one of the elders in this scene. Um, so yeah, folks in the Baltimore area, that's happening, psychsems.com. And um, yeah, I yeah. think... Um, those are the plug. Those are my plugs from this episode. Anything you want yeah. to shout out to? Yeah, I we... do. I do. Yeah. Uh, in the past, you know, year or so, I've been involved with uh, increasingly in comedy. For those of you out there that are interested, you can check us out. Uh, my sketch uh, comedy team, buecomedy.com, B-I-O-U-X, comedy.com. Uh, we're constantly having live events sketch shows and releasing everything on YouTube. Um, if you want to YouTube us, just search for B I O U X comedy. One word, no space. Yeah. I want to, uh, I will make a personal recommend. I went to a show that not uh, Justin, you, you were the producer of that show. Is that the title? Uh, yeah. Where I produced it. It was like, uh, yeah, it was sketch comedy themes around an uh, elementary school assembly. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I think I just happened to be in New York for something in the psychedelic space and like around the time when you were doing this. So it was great. I got to see it. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, this yeah. was put on by Bu Comedy, right? Yes, yes, yes. Produced produced my, by myself and Bu Comedy. Um, yeah. Uh, so ho- I recommend it. Yeah, thanks. And we're hoping to get it picked up hopefully by one of the theaters in New York City. If not, I want to take it around. Um that's just a just a pet project of mine. I'm hoping hoping to do that. And we're having stand up shows, live sketch shows, um, video sketch shows, and uh, throughout the year, and releasing different um, you know videos on YouTube all the time. So check us out there. Um, yeah. But in, and, that, that's and all. And we'll I link got. to all these things on the. Um, as always, on the show notes for the episode, which you can find at wtepodcast.com. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks for listening to Walking the Earth Podcast. This is Justin Castle from New York City, New York, signing off. And this is Mike Margulies in Baltimore, Maryland, saying ciao. See you later.